Views, information, or opinions expressed in the following podcast are solely the views of the individuals involved and do not represent the views of any third party. Any information provided is of a general nature only and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. In particular, you should seek financial advice prior to making a decision. You are listening to The COVID Economy with Joseph Healy. Joseph is a 35-year career international banker, having held executive positions at NAB, ANZ, CIBC World Markets, Citibank, and Lloyds Bank. Joseph is also the joint CEO and co-founder of Judo Bank. In this episode, Joseph is joined by Stephen Mifsud, New South Wales Managing Director of Relationships. Morning, Joseph. Uh, Thank you for your time again this week. It's been exactly one week since we've spoken and a fair bit has developed globally what seems to be an ever which seems to be in an ever fluid environment what changes have you seen and how are you feeling well a mix mix um the short answer i mean i think what we're seeing domestically is a much more positive outlook in terms of the impact of the of the virus mm-hmm. of course we can't be complacent fingers crossed but things seem to be stabilizing here and uh and that that hope bears good for the future so more positively optimistic mm-hmm. than we were last week about the prospect of some normality starting to come into the system maybe two months out from now globally however uh very very complex environment i mean some some yes. people may have heard overnight that the oil price has actually gone into negative territory yes. for the first time in history. And that is that the oil producers are actually paying uh, people to take stock off them. Uh, and that that simple picture gives you some insight into the degree of complexity and dysfunctionality that's uh, evident across the in so many markets mm-hmm. across the globe. So I think the, the economic picture globally is is much uh first of all it's very volatile but secondly it's a lot more concerning than i thought it was last week mm-hmm. uh, imf came out uh, during the course of last week and predicted that the global economy the developed world would shrink by six and a half percent the forecast at australia would shrink by six percent uh, uk uh, and the united states by roughly about the same amount so and of course, we also saw that China had its lowest um, level of economic growth in 40 odd years. Not a surprise, but it's just it just does um, illustrate how we are living in truly, truly unprecedented times. Yes. Building on some some of those those statements, I guess, and your experience as a as a very very senior local banker in the domestic economy and your globe, global experience in previous roles you've had. What are your thoughts on Europe and the US? Well, more concerned about Europe than I am about the US. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that clearly the whole European scene, the geopolitical scene has been under pressure from, uh, in part, we, we saw the, Brit- the British withdraw from Europe. Uh, there's quite a lot of disquiet within Europe, particularly in Italy about the lack of support from their um, so-called partners in Europe when it came to dealing with the onslaught of the crisis. Yes. I mean, the, there was a reluctance of, uh, of countries that are supposed to be uh, common partners uh, to provide Italy with the support that it needed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that uh, will, will cause the fault line that already existed in some of those relationships yes. 
to be exaggerated. So I, I would I would expect to see that one of the consequences of this crisis, this health crisis, which is also now, of course, an economic crisis, is that it will trigger also a political crisis in the way that, uh, that certain nations have working relationships with other nations. So I think I think the whole the whole promise around a united Europe, uh, which was already quite a fragile concept, will have been uh, damaged, I think, quite significantly by what what we're seeing right now. So I worry more about Europe. Yes. Um, I, I, I've always been a big believer in the capacity of the Americans to bounce back. I mean, mm -hmm. clearly that economy will see a significant correction as IMF has forecasted. But the Americans are uh, exemplars in taking the medicine, dealing with issues, fixing them and getting the show back on the road. So I, I see that the American economy, whilst 12 next 12 months will be very difficult, will prove its resilience and bounce back quite strongly in 2021-22. Okay, so with America hopefully coming back online, arguably the EU potentially more more fractured and broken and hurt, you know, Brexit, Brexit has occurred. Um, this this health crisis has probably really re-reinforced re what real value is there in it. Yeah. So Europe possibly in a state of dis disarray. The US started to get things back on track. How do you think that'll play out as far as impact within within Australia domestically? Well, we've not mentioned China because from an Australian perspective, so much depends on, on yes. China and on the United States. I mean, the United mm -hmm. States is still the largest economy in the world and, yes. and you know, its strength uh, has an impact globally, including in Australia. So I think the, the Chinese economy and the degree to which it bounces back mm -hmm. That's going to be a very important measure um, of what what the rest of this year and next year holds for Australia. Clearly, we are in or heading into a major economic correction. There's yes. no, no question about that. I, mean, I, I mentioned earlier that the IMF have forecasted us roughly a six percent decline, but um, we also believe that the Australian economy has demonstrated its resilience over time and its capacity to bounce back, um, given particularly given the strength of the uh, government balance sheet. I mean, we obviously the government has been spending the stimulus that is injected into the economy has uh, put a dent in fiscal finances, but the balance sheet of Australia, even with all of that additional debt, still looks, sovereign balance sheet still looks very strong relative to uh, peers in, in other developed economies. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we'll 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 see um, a lot more stimulus coming into the economy. Uh, no one wants to see uh, a, a long, drawn out recession. Yes. Uh, and so I think there'll be every effort will be taken to to make sure that the economy bounces back. I think I mean one of the things that 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 times like this presents, both in business and in government and in business is an opportunity to deal with issues that have been kind of sitting there for a long time and there hasn't really been the will to deal with them. Mm -hmm. So I think tax reform would be an example um, and, and government more, more government expenditure and infrastructure will be an example. So I, I think there's a whole range of things that, that um, both federal and state governments can do to help bolster the economy 
and underpin confidence um, once we come out of this. So I'm very optimistic about the Australian economy, notwithstanding uh, a very challenging period through the rest of 2020. Taking that one level deeper, when you talk about the optimism and you know, and domestically and and globally, as you know, like with any clean out or correction, when things right side, you get to start to build again from very very strong foundations. What industries, in your mind, do you think will be um, successes out of out of this? Well, I think there's there's going to be a shift back to domestic supply chain um, businesses. So you know, a, a big part of the last decade, of not longer has been outsourcing, offshoring, a lot of some are things that were once upon a time manufactured or produced in Australia. Yes. I think there's going to be a bias towards sovereignty of some of those important industries of important parts of the supply chain. So I think we'll see uh, a re-establishment of some domestic manufacturing. Yes. Uh, I think a lot of stuff, as I said, that was, that, that was hitherto set offshore businesses will be looking at whether those things should be brought back onshore. Yes. Um, because people will realise that whilst it might be cheaper in one way to outsource or offshore a lot of activity, you lose control and there's yes. a greater risk in, uh, to the business when things are outside your your domain, so to speak. So I think there'll, there'll be a shift back to bringing onshore things that had been over the last decade pushed offshore. I think the services industries and, and health and fitness and leisure, there'll be a big bounce back in those sectors. Thank you for those insights. Now, we've covered a fair bit of ground. We've spoken about macroeconomic impacts, um, some microeconomic impacts. We've spoken sort of globally and, and domestically. Uh, one thing that some commentators um, don't seem to touch on is the social impact to the individuals within the communities that that we operate in um, and there have been a, cu a couple of headlines but they're by vast in the minority when when compared to all the economic data and health data floating floating around what's your view on the social impacts well the social impacts are, are real yes. first of all uh, and the the extent of those social impacts will depend on just how long this whole uh, period of isolation um, uh, continues. So, you know, we're into just over a month of it, and uh, and we've probably got another month of most people working from home, most businesses uh, closed down. Uh, I think the implications, social implications, will start to ratchet up a few levels uh, if we are in this current state beyond mid-May. Yes. And, you know, the, and, that, and, that, and that is evident on a number of fronts. I think uh, within most, not most, but that a lot of households will be struggling, you know, to cope with this sudden change in the way that households function. You know, people have been, been forced to work from home. A lot of people actually not having work to do uh, as well. Mm -hmm. um, and just feeling that every day is like a groundhog day, that you get up, you do the same routines. Um, and there's no sense of when will this when will this finish? I mean, people can deal with uh, all sorts of adverse conditions mm -hmm. if they have a sense of when it's going to stop or when it's going to end. It's that lack of knowing of, it, of when this will come to an end that kind of adds to the frustration yes. and the stress. Um, me mental health pressures. I mean, m mental health is a, a much under 
talked about aspect of any society, any modern society, but one in four Australians at any time will be suffering from some type of depression. Might not might not be severe depression, it might be mild, but this this kind of environment only adds those adds to those pressures. Yes. And so whilst mental health is quite often an invisible illness, it's a real illness, and the, the conditions that we are being asked to cope with and the uncertainty that we're being asked to accept adds huge stress and strains to uh, society generally, to households, to relationships. Uh, I worry and think a lot about people that have been uh, let go from jobs or been told to stand down with no certainty as to when they're going to be able to come back. Yes. So I, I think it's not to be underestimated. It's a, it's a material issue. Um, and, you know, there's no silver bullet for dealing with this. The only advice that that I give um, to, you know, to my team is is make sure that you're reaching out and speaking to people regularly. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone, check in, and just see how people are going. Because that, that telephone call or that message can make uh, make a big difference to someone's day. Yes. And so it's not to be underestimated. But the social impacts on households uh, will be will be significant. And I think we're going to see that in mental health. We're going to see it in, unfortunately, uh, we'll see an increase in in, uh, in relationship breaking up and the divorce levels. I mean, yes. I think that's what is a very unpleasant thing to think about. Uh, that will be an inevitable turn of this. Yes, thank you. Um, before closing um, on that point, so and, and that probably would form part of it. Um, but what advice would you give our SME customers? Not, not, not to waste the crisis. I mean, clearly these are extremely difficult times. But just as I mentioned earlier, that. They also act as a catalyst for looking at businesses and looking at government and looking at a whole range of things that that for a variety of reasons you've kind of had on the I might get round to this someday, but but uh, never quite got round to it. Uh, this environment presents a unique opportunity to look at the business and ask yourself, is the business that I've got today the business that I want in the future? What changes, if any, should I be making now? Uh, what opportunities are to expand? Because there'll be there will undoubtedly be opportunities to buy mm. and expand as we come out of this. Um, and what's the what's your appetite? What's your risk appetite for growing the business in, uh, in a way that maybe you hadn't thought about pre this crisis? So use it as a time to reflect. As I often say, get off the dance floor of the day to day and onto the balcony and look down and say. This is a, a once in a generational change. Uh, what do I want to do with my business coming out of this to make sure that I've not wasted the crisis, that I've used this as an opportunity to have a fresh look at, at, at the opportunities that that or, or that might be open to me? Um, and so I would encourage businesses to do that. I mean, it might be a very short exercise. It might be, look, I've had a good thought about it, talked to a few people. Talk to uh, my bank, the bankers at Judo, and I'm happy and I'm comfortable with what I've got. There's nothing wrong with that. But equally, there might be an opportunity to do something different, uh, to expand or to cut back, mm-hmm. to you know to let take some costs out that weren't really productive, 
or to invest more and, and, and position the business for a very different growth trajectory. So don't don't waste the crisis is my advice. Um, have a good look at what needs to be done to make sure that the business is set up for success in the future. Fantastic. Thank you, Joseph. It's it's undoubted that change brings opportunity and I think that's fantastic advice um, for all of all of our SME customers. Um, so with closing there, thank you on behalf of myself and all of our very, very loyal SME customers and from the sec sector in general. Um, we appreciate your insights and we look forward to catching up with you in a week. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. The company is the owner or licensee of all intellectual property rights in this podcast, including but not limited to the copyright and any rights in the designs. You are permitted to use the podcast for personal use, but not for commercial use without a license from us. You may not make any recordings of or otherwise copy the podcast.